What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. The Oscars are only two weeks away, and the big picture is breaking down everything you need to know leading up to the show. Hosts Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins take you through the favorites, snubs, and dark horse picks from this year's slate of movies. Tune in to The Big Picture on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a new episode of Ringer Dish, special K-pop edition. I'm Kate Hollowell, and I'm here in studio with esteemed producer, Isaac Lee. <laughs> esteemed. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try out a new adjective every okay, week. Okay, great. Love it. Um, we're going to discuss some of the biggest news this week in the wide world of K-pop. And we're starting off this week by talking to Korea Herald reporter Yim hyun Soo who spent this past week reporting on one of the biggest stories right now, um, which is the controversy surrounding Chen of EXO and his recently revealed relationship and all of the ensuing controversy. So Hyunsu, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for having me. All right. So you wrote a really great piece this week for the Korea Herald on this issue and the ensuing protest that happened at SM Entertainment. But first, I kind of want to dial it back and give some background information on Chen's initial announcement and basically why it was so surprising and significant. So do you want to start off by kind of talking about what Chen announced and why it made so many waves both in Korea and abroad? Sure. So this was last Monday. It was in the afternoon. I was working the office that I got an email from SM Entertainment, basically uh, with a letter. So I clicked on it and there were two big announcements from Chen, which was that he has a girlfriend and he's going to marry her. But the second one was, it was a little more subtle, but it essentially meant that, you know, his girlfriend is pregnant now. So those two coming from outside of the K-pop world, some people might think, well, a celebrity is getting married and, you know, his partner is pregnant. What's the big deal? But when it comes to K-pop idols, this is huge. It's a huge deal. And I guess what grabbed headlines is not just the fact that he announced that he's in a relationship because there have been an increasing number of couples who are going public with their relationship. Let's say uh, Hyuna and Don, who had to move to a different agency together, which is owned by Sai. And mm-hmm. also recently, um, Super Junior Teacher and Twice Momo Day said they are in a relationship. So I think it's not just the fact that he's in a relationship, but also the fact that he's getting married on top of his girlfriend being pregnant. Now, it wouldn't have made this much noise if he got married first and then his girlfriend was pregnant. But in Korea, at least, there are a lot of assumptions attached to what we call, uh, if I literally translate this, speeding marriage. I think the equivalent you have over there is shotgun marriage, although I'm not sure if that's still a thing over there. So there's stigma attached to it, lots of assumptions. And even though it's not as looked down on as in the past, some people still have their preconceived notions about these things. So that is, I think, why it grabbed headlines at home and also abroad because of the backlash that ensued. Right. So there was kind of this series of reactions. First, I think immediately what I saw, which obviously I'm I'm an international fan, so I saw a lot of the international responses, but a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, it's been very positive. People are happy for him. People are wishing him well. 
Isaac Lee, who is obviously here, texted me and was like, oh, I'm so at 2 a.m. texted yeah. me and was like, I'm so happy that mm. that fans have been so positive about this. This is really rare. A lot of times there's backlash. And then kind of immediately the backlash began largely right. on. I spoke too soon. You did um, on sort of Korean social media and and in Korean media. The wheel. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> so then I think there was sort of a counter protest that started to happen largely on mm-hmm. social media and then um, obviously in real life. But initial reactions from international fans were positive and then they realized that Korean fans were angry. And I think there was kind of this cultural disconnect that you were talking about where international fans started trying to raise awareness that the majority of them were mm-hmm. happy and that there were Korean fans that were happy for him. Um, did you see a lot of this sort of on Twitter and even in, in person over there with international fans kind of taking the opposite stance and sort of aggressively defending him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I didn't see the backlash coming, so I was gobsmacked as well. But I think it's a pretty accurate observation to say that largely, you know, international fans were overwhelmingly supportive of him, whereas Korean fans are a little more mixed alongside some Chinese and Japanese fans because within the three countries, having a baby first before getting married is looked down upon by some people. So. On Sunday, I saw, I heard that this protest was happening, so I wanted to really go there and see what was actually happening. But even then, um, I saw a little slight brawl breaking up because one exofan from the U.S. wanted to take a picture of the protest. But the protesters were really sensitive about getting identified, mm-hmm. so they were all covered, their face covered with a mask and everything. So they were shouting, and a couple of them, you know, went to grab the phone out of the fan's hand just to get the pictures uh, deleted. So that's just one of the many examples of, you know, two factions within the same fandom clashing. And some of it are to do with culture differences, as as you pointed out. Do you think part of this as well, and uh, Stephanie Choi, who's a K-pop ethnographer from UC Santa Barbara, she mentioned this in your article, but part of it obviously is the fact that it was the premarital pregnancy, but also... Would you say that part of this is just controversial because it's controversial for K-pop idols to be in relationships at all because there's this lens of them being available for fans? Yeah, well, I think there are lots of things at play here. I don't I don't think there's one reason. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to say, before I went to the protest, I had my own preconceived notions and there were lots of criticisms about how these protesters are deluded and they probably believed that they were in a relationship with Chen. But when I spoke to them, I realized that that wasn't the case. I'm sure there are some people like that, but the protesters that I spoke to, they were more concerned with the fact that um, this could bring down the popularity of the group. They were really talking from the business perspective, which kind of um, surprised me a little. And also some people are angry that Chen didn't say the word sorry in his initial letter. And yeah, Stephanie uh, Choi, she said something which resonates with me, which is that, yes, some people are angry and some people are really supportive. And this really, you know, the way we react to Chen's engagement might be an important moment when it comes to what kind of relationship between fans and idols we want going forward. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think this will set any kind of precedent for what idols do in the future? Do you think it's a positive or negative reaction? Or do you think this will have a good effect on whether they choose to share their relationships? Or do you think 
This is kind of a step back in terms of transparency between idols and fans. Well, I think this is a first of a kind in that even though there were other idols who got married and had a baby, I think because he's, Chen, for instance, is at the height of his career and he's broken big announcements all at the same time. So I think the shock factor was bigger this time. But but in the long run, I think the majority of critics who have studied this industry for a while, they are behind Chen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of international fans are behind Chen and SM Entertainment is behind Chen. So I think even though they had faced some backlash, I think the level of backlash, if Entertainment did anything to Chen and caved into this pressure, I think that will be even bigger. And as a K-pop reporter, you know, recently I've seen, you know, even my mention sometimes I see when someone said something about K-pop, I can tell whether that person has really gained much knowledge of this industry and they just jump to conclusions. So if this doesn't go well, I can see this being applied against the industry to kind of, you know, oh, this is as we expected. You know, they can't even get married and have their own private life. So in the long run, I think Chen, the way we react to Chen will have a big impact. And a lot of industry experts believe that we should be supportive of Chen's decision. Yeah, I mean, it's also not completely unprecedented. We had Sonia and Songmin from The Wonder Girls and Super Junior respectively pull a similar move, although they went about it in a completely different way or different circumstances. This does seem different because of what you mentioned earlier, the sokdo iman, the speeding marriage, right? The yeah. shotgun wedding yeah. factor of things. Premarital sexual relations is not normalized in South Korea as it is in the Western world. So mm. I wonder if the actual contention isn't really about an idol being in a romantic relationship or getting married because that's happened before. I mean, a mm. good example is Taeyang getting married yeah. basically at the height of his career. And that had no real negative impact on him because he kind of went about it the right way. And he didn't have this extra added cultural taboo of premarital sexual relations. And I, I'm saying this kind of in a clinical way. In the Western world, it's easy for us to be like, so what? But mm. locally, that that's a big issue. And that's probably the differentiating factor between the precedents and why this is unprecedented. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted to do when I went to see the protest. I thought, you know, some people just branding this backlash as some crazy fans. And I felt like that wasn't really good enough. As a K-pop reporter, I felt like that was just scratching the surface. So I went, really went to see and talk to them. And yeah, I mean, what I found out was that these people aren't angry because they thought they were in a relationship with Chen. They are upset that the label of remarriage or marriage, the negative impact it might bring to the group economically. And also some of them were upset that Chen didn't speak more they were hoping that China would have done it in a more careful way. Let's, um, I mean, as you've mentioned, there were other idols in the past who, who did the same thing and didn't have to enjoy the same level of backlash. And I have to point to Chamin Huan from FC Ireland. He got married and had a baby. But I think what he did was it was announced that he had a girlfriend, then he got married, and then he also announced at the same time that, you know, his, his wife is pregnant, his girlfriend and wife is pregnant. So I think in 
trying to understand where this backlash is coming from, there are other things apart from, oh, my favorite idol is getting married. I'm heartbroken. There's been a lot of talk recently with the backlash against certain members being removed from groups for things that international fans don't think are as big of a deal. For example, we're going to talk about Hanvin from Icon or Wano from Monsta X. There's been this huge, huge ongoing backlash, largely from international fans, but also from Korean fans. And following those issues, there's been a lot of talk about how as K-pop goes international, do companies need to start considering sort of how these things are viewed in other countries and factoring that into what they do and how they, you know, if they punish, for example, these idols. Do you think that that played at all into this? And do you think it will play into things in the future? Sort of a consideration of the fact that this just isn't as big of a deal internationally and that's where K-pop is going? Um, I'm not really sure how to answer that because I think it really depends on the makeup of the fandom, I guess. But at the same time, Korean entertainment companies really cannot ignore the localized backlash sure. as well. And I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what the companies are thinking. Right. I don't think they're um, sure either. Thing, <laughs> yeah, but fans, good point. But I think judging by what fans were saying, because um, there was some type of culture gap between the Korean fans and the international fans. One of the protesters was saying how we still are the you know majority of the fandom. I don't really have the statistics, but when it, in the case of EXO, there are still a great number of fans who are Korean. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as you've said, you know, K-pop is very global. And, you know, a lot of fans outside Korea, they go to their concerts, they buy their CDs. And this was fun. Uh, something funny I heard about the international fans was that, you know, some Korean fans will argue that they have spent more money, so they have more to say. But mm-hmm. they were talking to me about how, do you know how much shipping fees I had to pay? <laughs> you know, we pay as much or not, not more. So, but I don't think that's a good argument to begin with, you mm-hmm. know, because I spent more, I have more to say. I don't know if that's a healthy argument to go by, to be honest. I agree. Yeah, it's um, not stocks. Right. Just because you invested more doesn't mean you have more say over right. their people and their artists and, you know, their companies that are based in South Korea. And I'm not going to take a side local or international. I think I'm kind you, of both. You as are a, both, yeah. As a Korean American. But it's definitely more complex than just hey, you know, I'm Korean, so I have more say, or hey, I spent more money and there are more of us, therefore I have more say. It's more complicated than that. Right. And at the end of the day, like, we don't don't really have a say. (laughs) No one Um, (laughs) really has a say outside of the individuals and the companies they belong to. Right. Yeah. Just in Korean fans' defense, a lot of international fans like to just group the whole Korean fans as okay fans or sometimes okay media. But I think... There are Korean fans who support Chen mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Um, and I spoke to like one organization on Twitter who who are who is working together with international fans to keep Chen in the group. So yeah, um, just I wanted to put that out. Yeah, there. that that's important to point out. Yes. No one is monolithic, and right. the fandom mm-hmm. in Korea does not think one way, and international fans do not think one way. That's right. It's a very diverse mm-hmm. and mixed reaction, but. 
we're just kind of pointing out trends that international fans have been more positive, mm, right. whereas there has right. been a little more yeah, backlash in the true. Korean end. Yeah. And it's evolving at such yeah, a huge true. rate. I think that's part of this is every time something like this happens, we don't know what the response is going to be because it's, snowballing. it's such a quickly evolving industry and so many quickly evolving interests. Yeah. So, I mean, when, mm. the, when the news broke, as you mentioned earlier, I texted you. It was like, yo, the response is overwhelmingly positive. I was checking the Korean hashtags and I was checking Naver. I was also checking the English hashtags and they all seemed very positive. And mm-hmm. then by the time I basically woke up in the morning, sentiment had kind of right. changed. And we don't know what it'll be the next time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, these are these are changing so quickly and strategies are changing so quickly that that we really don't mm-hmm. know. But at the end of the day, this is a pro Chen podcast. Yeah. Um, we're I think happy it's pretty clear where, where we stand on things. <laughs> for sure. Also, really quickly, mm-hmm. um, Chen just came out with a new song. With Dynamic Duo. Yeah. Any thoughts on that new release? As obviously we are in full support of his career and output. Yeah. So I think it's quite interesting that the release date is soon compared to when the protest took place. But mm-hmm. then yesterday something funny happened. That, so I, from the official XO Twitter account, they posted and promoted this new single that he's doing with Dynamic Duo. And I think that itself is a statement, you know, it's, it's an SM official statement mm-hmm. and they're putting it out there. They probably know the backlash because it happened right in front of one of their buildings. So, right. you know, the label is behind the member. And I think, you know, just tweeting this, you know, this is being released. And in the comment section, there was a lot was happening in the comment section, you know, fans who support him up against those who won Chan gone. But the label is with him. And in the past, you know, when things happen, you know, the labels here are, they tend to kind of ditch the member to minimize the damage. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this will be the case, judging by SM's actions so far. We'll call that progress for sure. I think that's a win. Yeah, that's <laughs> a win. Well, Hyunsu, thank you so much for calling in. This was fabulous. Your piece thank was you. fabulous. Um, for those of you who want to read more about it and learn more about all the different sides to this, definitely read Hyunsu's piece in the Korea Herald. Um, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks again to Hyunsu for calling in. Now, Isaac and I are going to run through some of the other kind of buzzy topics right now, fan to fan. Uh, this is a new segment we're testing out, and I think we're going to call it Hot issue. Yes, hot issue. It's a <laughs> Korean English phrase that's basically not used outside of South Korea, as far as I know. It delineates top headlines. It's whatever is hot. And issue, I guess, is a magazine term? I, I guess, know. yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Anyways, this is hot issue. All right. So we're going to start with basically an, uh, another scandal in protest that's been really in the news a lot and another protest that was much more heavily attended than the Chen protest. This is the Produce 101 scandal. Isaac, you know a lot more about this than I do. Yeah. I kind of have the basics. Do you want to kind of give some background on what happened? Yeah, so Produce 101 is an Mnet survival audition show. The premise of it is basically that fans can produce the group by voting and like more or less crafting the membership of the final group of the season. Mm-hmm. And there's been four seasons. The first one resulted in IOI, which was a very successful group, and they kind of launched the show's popularity. Right. And then the second season was for the boys, mm-hmm. and that resulted in 101, who was highly successful. They were active for, I believe, two years, mm-hmm. and then they split. 
And then the third season was Produce 48, which was in collaboration with a Japanese company. I don't know like too much about that side mm-hmm. of things. That resulted in Eyes One, which was still active when the scandal broke. And then the most recent season that caused the scandal is Produce X101, which resulted in X1. So for those familiar with the show, if you've seen the show and if you followed the groups, this was a pretty huge deal. Right. Eyes One had to halt activities and X1 was disbanded. So the scandal is that they tampered with the outcome. Yeah. So the scandal was that every show was organized by Mnet to result in the members that they wanted to end up right. at the very end. Mm-hmm. So it was presented as the fans' choice, but they were actually choosing the yeah, whole so way they were, they were basically actually... lying to the audience, right. the public. Yes. And you, I remember you told me to get into this. You were like, you would be really into Produce 101. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh man, I'll get into it. And I'm at this point, I will eventually, but I'm glad I didn't because I would have been one of the fans that was like <laughs> devastated by this group breaking up. And there are a lot of fans that yeah. are devastated by this. So there have been a lot of sort of layers to this. But once the group disbanded, you know, there were some members that were like, we want to keep going. We want to proceed with the original members. Mm-hmm. I believe some people didn't want to, which was like sort of alleged and you know, Mnet issued a response. There's like a police investigation. And there's just been a lot of back and forth on how best to handle this. And so there was a recent protest where fans gathered in front of the CJ Entertainment building, basically to support the creation of a new group with the original members from X1. Right. So we should say that Eyes One is coming back. They They are. yeah. Yeah. That was just announced as well. And that they're resuming their activities But X1 has been disbanded and there's been a lot of uproar about that Mm -hmm. um, resulting in that protest that you just mentioned. Look, like I understand the fans and I also understand the companies wanting to avoid controversy as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually don't know how to feel about this because on the one hand, yeah, like it's definitely not right that the members debuted got debuted over certain other trainees. Right. At the same time, this is kind of how all idol groups work. Like, right. It's at the end of the day, it's executives decision or producers decision to choose the members of a group. Right. But they did lie. So like, I'm like kind of on the fence about whose side I want to take. Like, I obviously want to see artists be able to work. Uh Uh-huh. But. It's also hard because like, you know, obviously this, if they do form a new group like this, will just follow them forever and you don't necessarily want the company to be profiting from this mistake sort of at the expense of these trainees yeah i mean that's the argument is that there were a bunch of trainees that were cut and that might have been who knows but might have been more popular might have been actually voted in instead of the trainees that did debut Mm -hmm. and they're like pretty big economic implications behind that as well specifically for those individuals so yeah (laughs) It's ongoing. There were about a thousand people at this protest. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a silent protest. We were all seated in front of the, the CJ Entertainment Building. And they basically said, we will not stop until they accept the demands, which was, you know, debut a new group, et cetera. And they said they will continue to protest at a larger scale and in various forms. So I guess we'll keep an eye on it and hope that I guess we form an opinion one way or the other, because I yeah. really can't. I, I don't think it's black and white. I think it's really tough. It's interesting that they let Eyes One back. Right. Because... All four groups were implicated. All four seasons were implicated yeah. in the scandal. So they tampered with all of the results. Right. And I guess it's there's kind of a, a hypocrisy or fans of X1 can feel like there's kind of a hypocrisy. And okay, well, why why is Eyes 1 okay right. to resume their activities? Mm-hmm. And 
how come X1 isn't allowed to? And right. I totally understand that argument. And yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about the, you know, and I watched Produce 48 third season and mm-hmm. I remember like being like, oh, it sucks that this person didn't get to debut. Mm-hmm. And not that I I don't like any of the 12 that did debut, but mm-hmm. is it fair for those trainees who might have actually been more popular? And I remember there was some controversy at, at the finale online in, in Korean, you know, Twitter circles being like, right. oh, like really? Like it feels like this person is a lot more popular than this mm-hmm. person. But it's, it'll be nasty either way to be like, right. this person doesn't belong to be in the group. Or right. that person took this person's place. And It's like a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation. Like, it's really a bummer. The villains of the story are the people who actually right. tampered with the right. results. I guess the best we can hope for is like justice for, justice. for them in justice some for way. All, <laughs> all right. Um, I guess in other company news this week, there was sort of an unconfirmed report that Big Hit Entertainment, which obviously owns BTS, is acquiring or planning to acquire Pledis Entertainment, who owns Seventeen and Newest. Um, so this was like huge news, I guess, last week. People like truly went crazy over this. The fans are like started fighting. Some people were like, this is amazing. Some people hated it. Big Hit came out with a statement and just said that nothing has yet been decided, which is not a no. So from what I've heard, a lot of unconfirmed things, but from what I've heard, I think a lot of reporters had knowledge that this was coming. And we're basically like, oh, now it's finally been announced. And then they were like, okay, I guess it hasn't. <laughs> but I think there's been a lot of sort of whispers about this potentially yeah. for a while. And I think it's likely that it will happen eventually. But obviously that's speculation. We don't know for sure. Big hit. It's interesting to examine the trajectory of big hit as an entertainment company mm-hmm. because they were this kind of small indie, you know, they produced a group like eight, which is this right. mixed gender ballad slash hip hop slash R&B group. And they didn't really have much of a big presence outside of producer Pang Shihak, who is also the chairman of the company. Mm-hmm. And with the success of BTS, now they're kind of on top. Like, I, right. I don't know. They're on the at least on the level of SMYG and JYP, right. which are the three kind of traditionally viewed as the three top. Mm-hmm. And if they acquire Pledis after having already acquired Source Music, right. Source Music, if you're not familiar, has G-Friend. Mm-hmm. If this is to be confirmed, this is really big for the industry. Like right. they're they're kind of emerging as the company. Right. I mean, as soon as BTS blew up, I think everyone was like, Big Hit is very much challenging the big three in terms of just like yeah. influence. And I think the only basically the only thing that people could kind of use against or like to limit them was like they only have BTS and BTS is gonna start enlisting yeah. soon, et cetera. So and I now think now they have TXT. Right. They have TXT right. as well. Um love TXT actually. They have some bops. Um but <laughs> This would be a really, really smart move, I think. And I don't think anyone, if this happens, I don't think anyone could say that they're not like the most influential company. Yeah, I mean, 17's absolutely huge. And newest, right. I mean, speaking of Produce 101, newest was on the second season of Produce 101 mm. and became wildly successful afterwards because of their increased profile mm-hmm. within at least the Korean market and definitely worldwide. So the merger will be absolutely incredible. Pledis also had some notable girl groups back in the day and mm-hmm. there were... They were a company that was kind of viewed as among the best of the alternatives to the big three, mm-hmm. uh, along with Cube and some other companies. So it would be a somewhat of a historical merger in, in the idol history. Right. Can I hit you with a hypothetical? Like Go a ahead. total hypothetical? Okay. So Super M obviously was formed as like a super group when, uh-huh. you know, EXO started enlisting, et cetera. If other groups were to try this out, for example, Big Hit, if we got okay. a Big Hit super group, uh-huh. once BTS starts enlisting, 
Pulling from 17 BTS, newest. Give me, you don't have to pull from BTS. I think that's too controversial. Yeah. Give me your top three 17 draft picks for top a potential supergroup. Just to note, I love everyone from 17. They're all yeah, extremely talented. This is just personal preference. Man. <sighs> I'm putting would, him on the spot you know here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go one vocalist, one performance, and that's one smart. rap. And I think yeah. with rap, I'm, I think it's pretty easy. I think I'm going to go with Vernon. Totally, that's my pick too. Yeah, he has one of the most unique voices I've right. ever heard. Right, he's extremely multi-talented as well. Yeah. He has a good singing voice. He has a good singing voice. Speaks For, English also. Speaks English. Got to consider that. Vocals, oh, man. This is tough. There are two, I think, that are the, the main two to choose from. Uh, I go back and forth between DK and Sun Quan. Yeah, for, I think I would pick Togyeom, uh, DK, because he's, yeah. I think Sun Quan's too valuable as somebody who is on a lot of variety shows. And right. Like, he's a real character. Yeah, he kind of needs to be in Korea. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's a good like, point. He's, That's a he's good actually point. too busy. And you're right. The supergroup model, hypothetically, would be promoting in abroad, the US. Abroad, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, Yeah. And I, I think Togyeom would actually do well abroad as well. Yeah. And it's tough to pick between those two. I think I would really also tough. pick Togyeom. It's really, really tough. Yeah. I think Woozy also needs to hold it down. Right. You know, he and can't, he produces so many he produces, songs. He, yeah. he, he needs to hold down the group. A lot of MVPs on the vocal team for sure. Man. Give yeah. me your performer. Oh, this is the toughest one. You think? I yeah, think this, this is, is the an toughest easy one because because I think uh, Aaron, I would go with either D8 or Hoshi, but like. I love D8. He's actually like my 17 bias, mm-hmm. but I think I got to go Hoshi. Yeah, I guess it's Hoshi. Yeah. He's just got that energy. You know, I actually just saw 17 in LA last right, week. Right, right. So and he this was is really fresh on your so brain. So unbelievably hype. Uh-huh. Like to the point where like Sun Kwan was like, all right. Like, and when you know, like when Sun Kwan's telling, telling someone to chill out, you're like, okay. Um, he was great. They were, first of all, fabulous at the forum. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would be super into a big hit super group. Man, that would be. I just be... needed to put that into the universe. What if they made it mixed gender? Oh my they, they god! In, I would kill for a mixed a gender G-friend super group member. That's my dream for Super M as well. Get Sulgi in there. Yo, that would be. Oh my god! I know. Imagine. I'm trying to speak these things into the universe. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's move on. Uh, back to some relationship news. So Heechul and Momo. It's been a while since yeah, they been, announced their relationship, but sort of in comparison to the all the Chen controversy, we wanted to talk about them. Just kind of this K-pop power couple. If you ask me, yeah, um, I don't think I need to ask you. This is a power couple for sure. Right, right. So originally, you know, it was as controversial as it always is, but I don't. I think pretty quickly it's turned around to people being pretty positive about yeah. this. Yeah, it helps that they've kind of approached it the right way, and yeah. neither of them have any negative press on their own. Mm-hmm. Like they're definitely they're extremely well the, liked. Yeah, high approval rating. Right. members of their respective groups. Yeah, I remember when this was announced. There was um. A Stan account on Twitter tweeted like thread exposing Kim Heechul and it got 52 retweets. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know anything that he's ever done wrong. And I clicked on it and it literally is a thread of like all these great all things the great and things all these done. reasons that people yeah. love him and like him helping other idols and like charity work and all this stuff. And I was like, oh thank God. <laughs> yeah, Heechul, Kim Heechul, he's been around long enough and has like done so much in the industry that if he had done anything wrong, we would have known by now. Right. He's one of the good ones. Like he's definitely He's a good egg. (laughs) He's a good egg. He's you don't really need to worry about him and Momo. Like Momo's she has a shorter career than Hichar, but Mm -hmm. she has a high approval rating among all the stands. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the age difference, some people came out at the beginning were like, oh man, that's pretty big gap. But 
That's like, sorry, that's like stardom. Like, so, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. That's fine. That's every famous American couple. Let's not, so let's like, not, yeah, let's not judge other people's love. Love is love, guys. Right, like they're consensual adults. They love each other, and I, honestly, I love it. I'm into it. Yeah. Um. There was also this relatively famous clip from Weekly Idol back in the day uh-huh. of Hicho and Momo. Like they were like measuring Hicho's heart rate as <laughs> as Momo like said some stuff to him. Because apparently he is like really into like Japanese culture and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, that recirculated and that was very delightful to that see. That was actually a really fun part of this because I feel like a lot of time when idols date, people are like analyzing the two times they've ever stood next to each other. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Because they really, you don't see them interact a lot of the times. No. Like men and women in K-pop, just, that just doesn't happen well, that often. Well, they're also very careful not right, to. Right, exactly. There's like an effort not to. And so it was nice because there were so many interactions between Heechul and Momo just from all the shows that he's on. <laughs> yeah. And he's just been around so long. And so there yeah. was like so much you could actually look at and like actually like analyze. Um, we're into it. We're into it. <laughs> All right. Finally, we're going to wrap up with just a quick comeback watch. There are so many comebacks happening so many. within the next month. We're just going to run through them. Just kind of like give our quick lightning round thoughts. Yeah. Everyone was on break over the holiday yeah. season because they were all doing award shows right. and all that. But yeah, we have so many comebacks. Now they're all back. Within the next like 30 days. So I think first up is Super Junior on January 28th. Shuju. They've got Tu Ya Tu Yao mm. coming out. Honestly, I'm into it. I'm still in on Super Junior. They're yeah. all back together finally. Well, you know, like the ones who are still in the group. The are, ones are back who are still in the group. <laughs> um, and they are, finally... they're now all back from military service. Yes. After um, what felt like forever. It's actually pretty crazy. Just having grown up listening to K-pop. I remember because I, I grew up in the peak of TVXQ's popularity. And they came out around the same time. They were famously Super Junior were all the like rejected trainees from TVXQ. Right. And it was supposed to be a project group, and then they became a real group. And I, it actually boggles the mind that they survived longer than the five members of TVXQ. Right. Of course, TVXQ is still active. Don't hate me, guys. Yeah. Like I know <laughs> the majority. The, yeah, but what I what I mean is right. that within the public conscience, Super Junior is still putting out albums all the time, right. and it's like on TV all the time. And I guess they've sustained their peak. Mm-hmm. Longer than I thought they would is is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the real underdog success story. For no, Super absolutely. Junior. Yeah, it's fabulous. Um, and they've still got bops, you guys. Black suit was great. Mm. It's not like they've missed their heyday. They've still got it. Um, all right, February third, uh, we've got two. First of all, G Friend, as we yes. were just talking about, they Very got excited. Labyrinth, and it just came out that Bang Shi Hyuk wrote two of the tracks. Oh yeah, on Labyrinth. Uh, that, that merger, that big hit touch, <laughs> the big hit touch. Um, so obviously, we can expect big things for that one. And then Everglow is coming back with Reminiscence on the same day. Yeah, these two groups are very different. Mm-hmm. Like G-Friend is beloved in South Korea. And I'm not saying that Everglow isn't or that G-Friend isn't beloved worldwide. But Yoda Chingu G-Friend is like really considered locally in Korea as like one of the top groups. And mm-hmm. Everglow has a lot of international success right. comparative to their local success. They They are successful locally, but it seems to be proportionately more abroad mm-hmm. and it's funny to kind of see them coming back at the same time mm-hmm. and I love every time you say this I'm like damn you're right because there's one group that I know better and I don't know G-Friend as well as I know yeah. Everglow which this there's seems, no reason for that yeah it's this just, seems to be the case anecdotally right. like a lot of international fans don't know who G-Friend is it right. seems like I don't know. This is all kind of It's just based personal. on our yeah. personal It's based on the two of us. <laughs> but it's our podcast. Um, but it, yes. But yeah, I love Everglow. I'm excited for that. And I'm honestly excited to sort of get into G-Friend. You'll like some of their songs. A lot of their I'm songs sure are very Korean, but then modernized. I, I'll say like if it kind of feels like 
old Korean ballads turned into Western dance songs. Nice. And I'm into I, it. I mean, I'm, I'm very into it. Love it. All right. February 5th, Stan Luna. Luna's mm. coming back. You that is Honyo. I got to get into Luna. Yeah. I'm not really into them either. Um, I, I need to. I just haven't had time. I loved the butterfly music I, video. Yeah. The yeah. aesthetic of it was mm-hmm. incredible. But yeah. Speaking again, of groups that are popular internationally. Yeah. Very Luna's popular huge. internationally. I got to get into them as well. They have really cool branding as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. I just, I see how many members they have and I get intimidated, but yeah. I need to just like block off some time to San Luna. Is, Luna is kind of like the same case as when NCT came out and I was like, I like, <laughs> I will get into you guys. Right. Just give me some time because <laughs> there's a lot of you. I just need to make the commitment. I need to, yeah, <laughs> there needs to be a pocket of time when right. I'm, I'm going to go back and like actually memorize who you are. Yes. It's actually like you have to put some effort into it. I totally yeah. agree. Um, the day after, February 6th, I know you're, you're excited about this one. Icon. Yeah. Excited, yes. I guess it's kind of bittersweet because B.I. is right. not part of the group anymore mm-hmm. because of, I think, a very stupid controversy. Like that's actually, I have a hard opinion about this. Right. That controversy was dumb. Anyways, um, <laughs> Icon, uh, we'll see what they look like with six members. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's YG. If they're confident putting stuff out, you know it's good. YG is right. not one to just put out stuff mm-hmm. um, just for the sake of putting out music. And mm-hmm. I'm excited. You, you're not really that into them. I'm going to get into them. Yeah. I actually watched some videos today just to like prep. You've been telling me since day one of our friendship to get into yeah. Icon. And I just, I've tried and I will try harder and I promise I'll get Their two-year run from Love Scenario on. I do like Love Scenario. Was I know in, the big ones. Yeah. I really envy the songwriting prowess of B.I. Mm. Um, because he just he just put out bangers and after bangers. And I'm very sad that he's gone. But I'm also excited to see what they'll look like. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Onward and upward. Um, all right. The last two are kind of big names. Uh, February 14th, Monster X is putting out the first all-English K-pop album. Mm. It's going to be called All About Love. Um, Fitting. Yes. They're, Valentine's Day. Um, that's true. They're promoting really hard in the U.S. Uh, they just announced a world tour that I think is largely based on this album. And yeah, we'll see. I mean, it hasn't really been done before. It's it's all English songs, so. Whew. I mean, we'll see. They have some English-speaking members. Mm-hmm. And they had the controversy with one of their right. members leaving. They're also proceeding with six members. Yeah. I have some trepidations about an all-English album, but mm-hmm. I'm also not that big into Monster X. Right. To be very honest. I really like them. I really like them. And I'm very much rooting for them. I have some concerns yeah. about how hard people are still going on the Bring Back Wonho. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people think he's coming back. And I just worry about, I don't necessarily think he is. And that's a huge bummer. Mm. Um, but I just worry about the combination of trying something this risky and trying it in this sort of climate that they're in. That said, I do really like them. I think they're extremely talented, yeah. and I hope it's good. To be clear, I, I root for any oh for sure any act any Korean act coming over to the states or in, sure. into the English speaking world. Like, yeah, I'm all for that as a Korean American. Mm-hmm. You know, solidarity, right, and all of that. Uh, I just have some like basic concerns. Right, I am interested in their kind of strategy, which is trying to get make radio hits, which we really haven't seen right. from K-pop groups, even BTS. It's hard mm. for them to get on the radio. And obviously, this is part of putting out the songs in English is that it's easier to get them on the radio. Yeah. Um, I think their whole thing is trying to make make a radio hit. And that it would be extremely impressive if they did that. And I hope they do. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, speaking of BTS, as you just mentioned, <laughs> yep. our final item. February 21st, we get BTS comeback, Map of the Soul 7. 
They're in LA this week. They had the Grammys with Lil Nas X. They are on Corden. They're doing an iHeartRadio show. They've been in LA forever. Yeah. Like for a really long time, like I, two weeks. I talked to a friend the other day who was like, oh, yeah, I saw them at Kith and there was like a swarm of people around them. Yeah, they have been here for so long. I'm very curious as to like why, if they didn't do a full huge Grammy stage, um, which was people's theory that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who's repping them in the States? Columbia. Columbia, okay. I think it's Columbia. But yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. A lot of surprises to come from them. Yeah, I, this is probably the most anticipated album release yeah. in recent memory, really. Yeah. Like, because this is them at the height, 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 height of their right. powers right now. Right. And I'm really looking forward to this album. We'll see their their musical evolution is well documented on this very podcast as well. Yeah, go back and listen to our BTS top fives, and we're gonna do a BTS album review as well. Yeah. Um. After after the album comes out, so for sure, stay tuned for that. All right, on that note, yeah. I think we're officially out of time. We are. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you. Uh, and by in. the way, if you uh, disagree with anything we said today, <laughs> you can leave a five-star rating on iTunes yeah. for Ringer Dish and then tell us where we went wrong. But it has to be five stars, otherwise it doesn't count. Right. We don't see it, actually, if it's if anything yeah, we're less gonna than that. And neither do our bosses. Them. Yes. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, this has been super fun. And as you know, this is kind of a test run of K-pop pods on the Ringer Dish Network. So please like, subscribe, let us know if you're enjoying it. Hopefully we can continue to do them. And yeah, we will see you next, next week for more of the same. Bye. 